Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. I'm going to put this letter down here so I won't get shoving it all over the pulpit. Mark chapter 14. And we're going to begin verse 1, go through verse 9. Aren't you glad that we preached the Bible around here? Amen. Uh, this is not showtime religion. This is old time religion. Amen. And I want to tell you something. I appreciate all of you that came in late because I'll tell you what, about 5 to 11, I resigned the church because I said there ain't nobody here. Amen. And uh, y'all got here, and I thank God for that. So thank you for being here late, because I didn't think anybody was going to be here uh, except the faithful few that show up early. And I'm not fussing. I'm just praising God somebody's here. Amen. I mean, really, I got a sermon burden on my heart. I want to preach it. Uh, the three people that promised me they were going to be here didn't show up, and so I'm glad you showed up. Amen. We're going to preach on anyway. But uh, I appreciate Brother Cody coming back from Washington. He's now the assistant director to the president. And I hope he got him straightened out. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I think you ought to run for Calhoun mayor instead of going up there to Washington, D.C. Because that's too far away. We missed you, brother. And everything fell apart. But Brother Joel did a great job filling the gap. Amen. I mean, he worked hard. Matter of fact, uh, he had to climb a ladder every service. Amen. Just to turn on the, uh, the thermometers. I mean, the uh, projectors. Amen. Thermometers. Amen. Praise God. You know where I'm at. But uh, I want you to pray also for Brother Jeremy. And uh, Sister Angie, the church wants them real bad, but they got to pray for the will of God. Amen? Because, uh, I mean, a church can want you and it not be the will of God. Last night I was, uh, I had a nightmare all night. I was candidating for a church, Lupton Drive Baptist Church up in Chattanooga. I was on the front row, and another preacher showed up and said, I'm candidate for it. I said, well, which one of us is going to candidate? And then I woke up. I said, thank God. I ain't candidating to nothing. Amen? I'm, stay <laughs> I'm staying at Whitfield, don't you tell uh, the pastor I was candidating for his church in his dream. But um, I'm glad the Lord's left me here for 42 years almost and uh, thank the Lord for it. We had a terrible attendance on visitation yesterday too. It was down to 20, uh, 17 below par. And um, uh, I, was, I was a little discouraged about that, but uh, had some great visits. Had a wonderful visit with uh, people that had just lost loved ones. And so I tried to knock on the door and just talk to them about what God spoke to him about during the funeral. And the Lord really blessed. And I uh, thank God for that. Got my wife back after being gone several days, getting the kids back in school. And uh, that's a blessing anytime. Amen. I can't believe how old she's going to be Tuesday. But uh, she's, she sure has got a lot of strength, a lot of power and strength. Is she in the nursery? Yeah, I'm going to be in the nursery after that comment. Amen. Doing more now, I'm going to be in purgatory. But uh, she'll send me to Atlanta and make me sit in traffic for 30 minutes. That's purgatory for me, amen. Come on, amen. We got the worldwide travelers back with us. They didn't bring a bear back, but Grizzly's back with us, amen, and we thank God for him and uh, his dear wife, and they love traveling, amen. They love traveling. God ever calls him to minister, he'll be an evangelist, I guarantee you that, because he just loves traveling, and I love Alaska, I'll tell you that. I had a great time up there myself preaching. Uh, Mark chapter 14, the first two words of the saddest Verses probably in the Bible, and I was having a long discussion with uh, Brother Andrew, my best listener. I think he's in uh, Children's Church, and he was talking about the time element on this uh, uh, passage, you know, when it really took place. And I believe that uh, Mark really did uh, take this kind of as a flashback. I think it took place about a week earlier than this, uh, according to John and according to Matthew. So I concur with his thoughts completely on that. But it don't matter what time this took place, it's matter what took place. Amen? I'm going to tell you what took place. 
Real worship. Real worship. Extravagant worship. Say amen right there. You know, a lot of people are afraid to smile in church. Afraid I'm going to call on them to smile again, I guess. I don't know. Some people are afraid to nod. Some, some people are afraid. If you ever raised a hand, you'd afraid it was somebody having a question. Amen? I agree with you right there. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, somebody raising a hand. Oh, do you have a question? No. That's worship. Amen? Uh, it'd be afraid to say amen because you might think that I might get so excited that I'd preach to 1230. I promise you I won't do that because I get bored of my own preaching. But uh, I want you to know that uh, it's all right to worship God with a smile. Amen. You know, a sad wife, I often say this, a sad wife's a public rebuke to a husband. Some of you ladies hadn't been, you hadn't smiled since you've been married. But that's not the public rebuke. If you don't smile, it's a public rebuke to God. If Job can smile, you can smile. So amen. He lost everything, and I believe he was still smiling. Now, I don't think he was shouting like the Pentecostals do about everything, and praising God anyway, but I believe she had a deep, he had a deep smile in his heart at least. That God, you're still in control. I admire Job. I don't know how he did it, but I know it's because of God's grace. Amen. Let's stand all the word of God, and I'll stop meddling. We'll start preaching. The Bible says, after two days was the feast of the Passover, and the unleavened bread, and the chief priest and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. That's sad. That's just sad. That's pitiful. The religious people wanted to kill Jesus. Look at verse 2. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. Now here's the contrast that I believe uh, Mark put in here to make a great contrast of hating Jesus. And that is you ought to love Jesus. The Bible says, and being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper. I want you to underline that. As he said at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard and very precious. Very precious. That's what I preached on Thursday. Very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves. That was Wednesday. And there were some of them that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? Well, that sounds just like a Pharisee. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor and they, and they murmured against her. So not everybody's going to accept your worship. They're going to think you're a nut. That's right. But look at this. He goes on saying, Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work, here's the key word, on me. On me. Some people shouting on credit. They don't live what they shout. And they're not shouting in the spirit. But look at this. Or worshiping in the spirit. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will may do, do them good, but me, you have not always. She has done what she could. And she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, whithersoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to remember a lady that had extravagant love. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this dear lady that contrasts the wicked hearts of the hypocrites and the money changers and the religionists in verse 1 and 2. God, give us peace. 
in our hearts to praise you anyway. And God, not all of us are emotional and not all of us are outgoing or outspoken. But God, there ought to be some peace and joy, attention and allegiance, sacrifice and service from the, quaint, the quaintest heart to the quietest heart. God, we ought to love you extravagantly. We ought to love you, Lord, sacrificially. And so, Lord, help us as we preach on this, because you deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice verse 1 and 2, a couple of words, and we'll go on to the dear lady's worship. The Bible says that in verse 1, after two days was the feast of the Passover and the unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes saw how they might take him by craft, by craft, and put him to death. And they said, not on the feast of the day, uh, lest there be an uproar of the people. And so there are a bunch of politics. They didn't want to, did, excuse me, Brother uh, Cody, a bunch of politicians that did not want their program interrupted. A bunch of religionists that did not want their little dead worship interrupted. And so they were going to kill him after that. And folks, by craft means they, they, they were going to trick him. And why would they do this? I'll tell you why. Because they were upset because he exposed their hypocrisy. Had a fellow come in the office today, and he said, uh, so-and-so is not coming back because you rebuked his sin. I said, I'm sorry. But I said, that's my job. Right. Shacking still shacking. Adultery still adultery. Immorality still immor immorality. Yeah. I do it personally. I do it to restore people. I do it to help people. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. I do it because I love people. Because you live in sin, it's going to cost you. Amen. Amen. So the best friend you'll ever have is somebody to call your hand on your sin. Say amen. And so they didn't like that. They were upset because he was, they were religious phonies. And I want to say this, friend. He hurt their business. Now, you want to kill a Baptist, shoot him in the pocketbook or the wallet. Amen. You want, to kill, you want to get somebody mad, just mention tithe a little bit. Hey, you want to get somebody mad, just emphasize faith promise giving too much, Brother Darrell, and you'll make some people actually mad at you begging for the furtherance of the gospel around the world. Well, I'm going to tell you something. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep begging for missionaries. Amen. Uh, Brother Tolson uh, had a terrible accident yesterday and they show this totaled car, and over the car was a, a rainbow. And I got all spiritual on Facebook and said, that's the grace of God, amen, praise God, it was with you. And I'm not talking about just the rainbow. I'm talking about sparing his life. Amen. And these missionaries put their lives in jeopardy, and they travel, and they give up their jobs. And I was talking to my daughter yesterday. I said, man, I wish she was home for that surgery. She said, Daddy, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. They're going to put that thing in my ear, and I'll be better. I, I, I'm, don't worry. I said, well, I'm not worrying. I got faith. Then I hung up and worried. But, uh, you know, <laughs> as a daddy, amen, as a pastor, I said, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. But when it comes to your daughter, it's a different little story. Say amen. But, folks, if I can't beg for their good and beg for them to have prayers at 530 and can't beg for uh, uh, you to support them, then don't get your little feelings hurt. Folks, I want to tell you something. They charged a fee for the vendors. They took a cut out of all of them. And when the money changers was cast out of the temple, it hurt their pocketbook. So they wanted to kill him. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. If I offend you, go ahead and get mad, but you don't have to kill me, amen? 
You can vote me out with a 75% vote. Hope you don't do that because then I'll have to go candidate somewhere like Brother Jeremy. Maybe I was praying for him, praise God. But I want to tell you something, folks. We moved through this passage, and I believe it shows that money matters too much to some people because they even criticize her for giving a great offering. I think money sometimes becomes our God. I think sometimes money becomes a barometer of what we do in our life. And I want to tell you something, friend. I believe worship comes first. I believe God comes first. I believe if you, if, if you really get down to it, you would have sense to find your job, much less do your job if it wasn't for God. Amen. Say amen. Right. And you wouldn't have that nice car to drive yourself or truck to drive yourself to, to work. Amen. Everything God, everything good about you, God's given you. Right. He deserves praise, don't you think? Amen. He deserves honor. He deserves sacrifice. He deserves an unconditional, selfless, all-consuming, boundless, extravagant love. This was very extravagant. I'll tell you how extravagant it was. So let's go to the positive side of the passage. Here's a lady that wants to worship the Lord. I want you to see, first of all, the setting for the worship. In verse 3, it says, And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper. Notice that, Bethany. I believe the last time I checked, John chapter 11, Lazarus was being raised from the dead in Bethany. I believe the last time I checked, Mary and Martha was very thrilled about that. And praise God, your brother was dead and all of a sudden he was alive. You'd be thrilled about it too. But let me just remind you something. Everybody that's been saved was dead, now they're alive. Amen? Every one of your children that are saved now, they were dead and headed to hell one day and God saved them by the grace of God and you ought to praise Him and give all that you can to Him in worship. Oh, folks, listen. Lazarus had died and he's brought back to life. And then I see something else that's interesting about this passage. Simon the leper. Evidently, evidently, he'd been healed. You don't go to a leper's house. Say amen. You don't go to a leper's house. You don't go near a leper. Even Jesus is the only one that goes near a leper. But hey, folks, he didn't say anything about uh, he, uh, that he was presently in leprosy. I believe he was healed. And folks, I want to tell you something. That's the way you were one day. You were a leper in your lost condition, unclean, unfit for society and for heaven, and the Lord cleansed you. Amen. And folks, if you don't get excited about that, you've done got over it, pardon the, the double negative. I think that is. I'm trying to get back to school. But anyway, thank God for Simon the leper opening his house up and saying, I'm going to praise the Lord. Anybody else can praise the Lord they want to. Lazarus says, I was dead. Now I'm alive. I'm going to praise the Lord. Mary said, boy, I'm going to really praise the Lord. And she just came up beside the couch. In those days, they had couches. Today we have lazy boys. <laughs> You ever ate with your feet up? That's the laziest thing you can ever do. Some of you men, say amen right there. I mean, you know, your wife brings you in your, your uh, last night it happened to me. Praise God, I got such a great wife. And she brought me in um, an egg and bacon sandwich, and I propped up and watched the break. I mean, you know, when you don't have 15 kids, you don't have a big table anymore. You have a lazy boy. Well, in the Bible days, they had a couch. They just lay down there and eat. Praise God, table was real low. And Mary snuck up beside him. And she took an alabaster box and broke it. And she anointed his head. 
And the Bible says in John that she had anointed her feet and she took her hair down. Now, folks, I, that was a sign of prostitution in Jesus' day. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I don't think you ladies have to cover your head and have your little bonnets and your little bandana over your head. That was a, that was a New Testament custom. Because the, the New Testament custom, if you didn't cover your head, you was a harlot. Amen. Come on now. And so all of you that think you're, you have to do that today, I don't think that's scriptural. I don't think that's uh, applicable for today. Now, you ought to have your hair be your glory. Amen. But folks, she had took her hair down and she anointed his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. I'm sure the hypocrites were saying, uh-huh, never seen it on this fashion. And I believe she's inappropriate. God said she was very appropriate. Extravagant love is appropriate. And so we see the setting, but we see the sacrifice. The Bible says that it was a spike, ointment of spikener, very precious. That one word precious is what I preached about Miss Birdie's funeral, her life. And uh, that, I just had that word precious. The preacher before me, or the cousin or whoever he was, he preached on love. I preached on one word precious. And had a good time. I mean, I, God gave me liberty because that little lady preached her own funeral. And you will too, by the way, you will too. Right. Amen. But I want, you, I want you to know she's, it, the, it was very precious. You know what that means? It was um, very expensive. That ought to get your attention. It's very expensive. Matter of fact, I'm really convinced it was 300 pence, the Bible says, which is a year's wage. And uh, that would be... Uh, equivalent to about $45,000 for most of y'all, or 50. Some of you are just starting out 25000 But it was a whole year's wage. And I believe, truthfully, she was saving that up for her own funeral, her own burial, her own anointing. She says, no, I can't save it. The Bible says in John chapter 12, after she broke that ointment, poured it over his head, took her hair down, and washed his feet in it, that the house was full of an odor and you know sometimes we think an odor is a negative term but this was a sweet fragrance of ointment folks I want to tell you something your worship fills your home with a sweet fragrance I'm going to tell you something God's called you to worship him and adore him in front of your children when nobody else is around it's called home devotions it's called personal devotion you used to have those remember Folks, it's, it's, it's not just a flare prayer and thanking God for the food in a quick way. It's thanking God for life in an eternal way. And so we see the, we see the setting, we see the sacrifice, but I want you to see the statement. Why did Mary do this? Was she trying to prove um, how good she was? A lot of people judge people that worship, saying, oh, who does she think she is, or who does he think he, he is? Folks, I don't mind... People praising God as long as they, they do it from a heart. And they praise Him during the week when things are going bad. Amen? And so, folks, what was she trying to prove? I'll tell you what she was trying to prove. She was proving that she loved Jesus. Amen? The odor filled, the, the fragrance filled the room. But, folks, the statement was, what I'm giving, I'm going to give it with commitment. She broke it. You know what most people do? Give me a little salt shaker offering. I'll just sprinkle a little right here. Uh, you give more to the local waitress than you do God. Don't tip God. Tithe. 
Say amen. And by the way, if you tip God, that's 20% last time I checked. Amen. We got ran off of a restaurant because of that. Amen. But anyway, listen. I won't go into that. Still bitter about that. But anyway, folks, listen. God help us. God help us to realize God's more than a waitress. God's more than a waiter. God's more than a grocery cart boy. He is God, and he has blessed you with every heartbeat. It's up at the emergency room. Excuse me. I see you and our dear brother Butch. Went and he went to just get a regular checkup, Brother Darrell, on his heart. And they said, hey, listen, you've got 70% blockage on the main artery. If we do even a, um, uh, what do you call that thing, your balloon thing, uh, you could die on the table. What we need to do is not send you home, a stent, thank you. And we need to bring you over to Erlinger as quick as we can. And he had triple bypass surgery Friday. I walked in his room after they finally went through the four hours of surgery, me and Miss Easter and the boys. I looked at that meter. It's the first thing I looked at. Boop, boop, boop. Has these tracks on. This might be the last day of your life. And I said, man, I'd like to hand these out. And I didn't have enough courage. And Miss, uh, your last day on earth. There it is. Got a little heartbeat thing. Miss, Miss uh, Easter said, I'll hand them out. She will, praise God. Give them to me. I said, okay, here they are. You got more courage than I do. Take, give them to every nurse, everybody. everybody praise God. You do, you do my work for me. But she was thankful that her husband had one more heartbeat. Amen. Butch was thankful for one more heartbeat. Are you taking your heartbeats for granted? Are you taking your breaths for granted? Come on. And folks, none of us is exempt from going home today right. the way people drive, especially ladies. And I want to tell you something, folks. God... God help us. God help us not to take for granted traveling mercies, brother. Didn't you see some wild drivers up there besides wild animals? Praise God. They're all over the road. Amen. You drive a truck, they think, they think you can, brother, I'll stop on a penny and they just cut you off. And you know what you ought to do? Run them over. No, not really. <laughs> you ought to stop. Pray for them. Praise God. Pray for more patience. Why didn't Mary do this? She was committed. The whole bottle. She was making a statement about his value. His value. Unconditional, not going back, complete. Probably saved up all her life for this burial ointment, for her. Maybe her kids donated to it. Folks, she made a statement about his value. You mean more to me than everything. Everything that I have. She's making a statement about her value. She was sacrificing something called pride. Come on, ladies. Y'all full of it. And men, y'all are too. And I thank God there's a good pride. You know, you don't go around flaunting yourself and you, you have some modesty and decency about you. And you don't say th- everything you think. That's good. That's good restraint. Hallelujah. But she sacrificed her pride. I love you more than I love myself. That's extravagant love. I love you no matter what people think. As I said, the prostitutes of those days put their hair down. The rest of the ladies wore it up and they wore it covered. The slaves washed feet of their day. Did you hear me? The slaves 
were the foot washers of the day. She took the place of a slave. She humbled her pride. You know, Muhammad Ali had several attributes, and one of them was not humility. Say so, amen. Is he, is he dead? He is dead. I don't know if he's dead or not, but he come down with some kind of stone-faced disease where he couldn't hardly move, and he was always praising Allah and changed his name to Allah. It's Cassius Clay. One time he was on a plane, and there was some turbulence. And, uh, and he was in first class, of course, because he was, he was rich. You know, he was, he was rich. He won a couple of fights. I'll talk about extravagance in sports in just a minute. Some of you sports fans just walked out the door. But I want to tell you this, friend. He would not buckle up. And the stewardess said, hey, we're going to go through turbulence. Didn't you hear the pilot? We're going through turbulence in a minute. Buckle up. He looked at her and said, Superman don't need that's exactly the word. Superman don't need a buckle up. And the waitress did not even hesitate, not the waitress, the stewardess, did not hesitate and said, I want to tell you something, Superman don't need a plane either. Buckle up. Right. <laughs> I'll get that later by the installment plan. Go to the nursery and ask my wife. No, there she is. Oops, there you are. God bless you. <laughs> the value of yourself will be dethroned when you worship God. Amen. Well, I could never sing a song. Hey, listen, don't think about what you can sing. Think about what God wants you to sing. Amen. This, ain't, this ain't the Ted Mac amateur hour. This is a worship service. Say amen. I read my devotions this morning real early about 6 o'clock about singing. They appointed singers to praise the beauty of His holiness. Y'all read that? Beauty of His holiness. Thank God. Folks, we're not, to, uh, we're not to sing songs to glorify ourselves. We're not to sing songs to glorify the author. We're not to sing songs to get your foot moving before your heart moves. It's all right to have your foot moving. I don't like deadness in the house of God, but I want to tell you something, friend. I don't like entertainment either. Come on. And I want to tell you something, friend. This smoking uh, from the pulpit and uh, hot ice coming up and, and flares and flames and packed auditoriums, uh, folks, that's showtime religion. That's not old-time religion. That's right. And I want to tell you something. It don't glorify God one second. Right. You say, you're judging. No, I'm fruit inspecting, brother. I want to tell you who gets the applause, the guy up there in the praise team. I tell you who ought to get the applause. I don't even like applause. God ought to get applause. Amen. God ought to get the praise. And Folks, if it's a little old youth group gets up here and they can't hardly carry a tune, praise God, they're doing it for the Lord, they, they ought to be commended, but God ought to get the praise. Amen. Folks, there ought to be some valuable worship going around here and there ought to be some energetic worship and there ought to be some worship staying, saying this, you're worthy. Amen. And I'm thankful. Mary was saved. She was thankful. Simon the leper was saved. Cleansed. Healed. Was whole. Was not an outcast anymore. He was saying, probably in the background of that fragrance filling his house. Amen. You know what I'd been thinking? I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have brought my, my burial money and gave it to God. I wish I'd have gave my arrangements to God. Folks, listen, the last time, when's the last time you threw away your pride? 
worshiped and honored and praised God. Now, I know some of you would never, never say amen. I'm not trying to get one out of you. But you can at least look interested. Amen? Brother Steve, you know how it is preaching. You appreciate anybody that looks halfway interested. Say amen. And I'll tell you what, it's hard when people don't look interested. Now, I don't, I, all of a sudden, some people are looking up and they're smiling. But I want to tell you something, friend. That's not the point. The point is, who are we preaching about? And what's the message? And I don't, I don't depend on your praise. And I don't depend on your applause. And I don't depend on you commending me. But I want to tell you something. It's all right to encourage the man of God that's fighting hell and trying to preach to souls that some, some are already left. They've already, they've already gone. They're in the car cranking up and watching the Braves at 1230 or whatever they play. So who saved your soul from hell? It wasn't me. So don't come worship me. Worship God. Amen. It wasn't the worship team. Or excuse me, it wasn't the choir. It wasn't the orchestra. It was God. So everything we do ought to be on the altar sacrificed before Him. It's unto Him. There's very few people who love God more than they love themselves. They love their God more than they love their possessions. They love God more than they love their comfort. You know, when I think about martyrs and what they give up, their lives and their freedom. When I think about people who go through trials like Fanny J. Crosby and still write a song like Blessed Assurance, He Hideth My Soul. Folks, listen, we ought to sacrifice pride. We ought to sacrifice our possession. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. Turn to Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. My time's about up. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Talking about extravagant worship. I'm talking about emotional worship. I'm not trying to pump up anything. Some of y'all are so unemotional that we, even, we, we, we contrast. I mean, so, I mean really. Uh, my wife's very quiet. It's a good thing because she, she wouldn't get a word in if she wasn't. You know? so we, we probably wouldn't get along as good as we are. I think one, one time if, uh, when you have a loud mouth husband, you need to listen because that, that uh, helps him think that somebody wants to listen. We all can't be alike. Y'all can't all be Waynes. Y'all can't, I mean, I make some of y'all nervous. I can tell. I get around y'all. Y'all get nervous. I'm afraid I'm going to ask you to say amen. <laughs> or, or worse yet, ask you to give an offering. <laughs> amen. We're going to do that next Sunday morning in the hallway. I think we ought to give our head usher a dollar offering so they can go out and eat if he's retiring from head usher, reader. I'm going to make him sit in that chair out there. I want everybody to get one dollar bill and give it to him. Are you offended by that? Now, Brother Howard's offended by that because he don't want your dollar, but I want to give him a dollar. I want him to have the best meal he's ever had because he's been faithful to shake your hand, be here early. Amen. And the head usher is appointed and he skipped church and we're going to fire him. First, first Sunday, he's, he's in Florida. Brother Lamar appointed him. He said, I told him I'd pray about it. Brother Lamar acted like he didn't hear me. I said, he didn't. You're the head usher. <laughs> but we can do something for God, say amen. We can give for God. We can give for others. We can give an offering. Even when people don't want it, we can give them an offering so we love you anyway. Go out and eat on us. Amen. Folks, you ought to love to give. You do. 
you're, you're a great church. We had so much food Wednesday. It was so, such a blessing. It was such a blessing. The family invited me to eat with them. I mean, it was a blessing. The lost world needs a witness. You know what it is? They need a witness of extravagant love. They need a witness of you going overboard for something besides what you like. Right. Yourself. I want to tell you what's extravagant, folks. I'll just be honest with you. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What's extravagant is paying a, a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints $100 million to, to catch a ball. That's extravagant. Say $100 million. I tell you who needs the $100 million is the guy that saved Butch Newberry's life by operating on him. Say amen, docs. That's who deserves $100 million. Not some blooming ball player that probably won't bow before the flag. He's probably the greatest Christian you know if you're a Saints fan. Right? They're all Saints, aren't they? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure they're just like the Falcons. They're all godly too, but they're my team. Me and Brother Anthony always get in a debate over Green Bay versus, versus uh, Falcons. I told him, I said, you need to give that up and come to church. We love the Lord at our convenience. We love the Lord. We love, we love the Lord when we feel like it. We love the Lord if it fits our schedule. But I want to tell you something, friend. We sacrifice for things we love. Come on now, amen. Amen. Somebody gave me four tickets to the Brave Games the other day, and I looked at the ticket and about had a faint spell. It said $104 per ticket. Now, they do serve you a meal, and they serve you hot dogs and hamburgers, all you can eat, and praise God, they wait on you like hand and foot, and you're in this booth, you know, and praise God, I, I'm going to go and smile and enjoy a bit of it. Amen. Praise God. But the day I pay $104 to see my favorite team is the day that you'll know that I have lost my mind. I'll give $104 for a missionary to come back to the States and be a blessing. I'll give $104 to help Count Rhino reach some guys never heard the gospel. Times a lot. Folks, oh man, we do what we want to do. We throw dollars in the offering plate think we've done God a favor. We come once a week, think we do, do God a favor. I want to tell you something, folks. He deserves every bit of your life, Amen. every ounce of your strength, every ounce of your praise, every day of your life ought to be a day of praise. Amen. You saved him. Can you imagine Simon the leper getting over being healed? He was an outcast. People walked across the street uh, when, they, when they saw him coming and they said, unclean, unclean. You imagine now that he's got saved that he wouldn't open his home to Jesus? Would you imagine him saying, no, my home's my home. Jesus, you stay out of it. Could you imagine her, him rebuking Mary saying, hey, I think that's a little extravagant. I think that's a little overboard. I think that's carrying it a little too far. You didn't have to give your whole burial fund for Jesus. And you surely shouldn't have cooked your hair down and washed his feet. No, he probably said, hallelujah. Oh, my. Wish I'd have thought of that. I'd have thought of it. I wouldn't have had enough hair to do it. Amen. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought of that. Don't ever criticize somebody for praising God. I don't believe you ought to stand on the front row like I've been in camp meetings where the guys do whirlwinds and spin around and 
And it's never, it's always amazed me they always sit on the front row and not the back row. Amen. Go do your cartwheels in the back row. But folks, I know there's a proper way to worship, and I don't believe in jumping pews. And if I did, I couldn't do it right now. Authorized is done set in the left knee, praise God, Brother Gregory. Amen. I can't jump no pew. But I sure can help pay for one. I can move them from the gym 17 dozen times when we're remodeling. None of y'all griped about that, did you? If you did, turn them in. We want to know who griped about it. Then I want to see number two. That was just my first point. I see the discouragement of the extravagant love. Look at verse 4. Let's get back to Scripture. It says, And there was some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? It might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor and they murmured against her. Be careful about attacking people that are dedicated to God. Amen. Because I want to tell you something. When that happens, God might just take up the fence. And he did for this dear lady. He said, leave her alone. They said it's a waste. And I'll tell you why it was a waste. John chapter 12, 4 through 5 says it was Judas who was accounted. And he was a thief. And he had stole it. He said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, John 12, 6, and had the bag and bear what was put therein. That means he was stealing from the offering. Amen. Or oh me. And folks, we need to see that her worship was public open, sacrifice, extravagant. It was overboard. Why did they treat her like that? I'll tell you why. They were convicted they didn't love God that much. I'm talking about the disciples. They loved the pursuit of money. They loved their, their pleasure. They loved their politics. They loved their academics. They loved to be uh, uh, um, uh, noticed and, and uh, they loved to be uh, publicly uh, praised and all these these religious Pharisees and phonies. It was all about them. And they said that could have been used for to feed the poor. And the Lord rebuked them. And thank God He did. And I'll close with this thought: the defense of her extravagance. The defense of her extravagance. Look at verse six. And Jesus said, "Let her alone." Why trouble ye her? She has wrought a good work on me. Worship, sacrifice, commitment, service, allegiance, enthusiasm, faithfulness is a good work. Look at this. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, you, you may do them good, but me ye have not always. She, he said... It wasn't a waste. He was really saying, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Because she's my workmanship. That's what you are. She's my priest. That's what you are. Priests worship God. Priests offer, work, offer offerings. Mark chapter 14, verse 7, so you have the poor with you always, but you won't have me long. I will tell you what was real commendable about this lady, and I close with this. She seized the opportunity. 
One day you won't be able to sit here. Right. One day you'll be like Miss Peggy said yesterday. She said, I'd give anything if I'd come to church. I said, we'll bring church with you. And I saw that big screen on the wall where all those folks were watching. The silliest thing, it was skateboarding in Lima, Peru. And there was old ladies, I mean, just looking at it. They didn't have nothing else to look at. So here they were looking at people skateboarding in Peru. Pan-American game. So I said, man, even these old ladies like skateboarding in Peru? I thought this idea, I said, man, I wish to goodness on Sunday morning, somehow, Brother Cody, we could get them to tune in to the Wi-Fi connection of Whitfield Baptist Church and there'd be a big old service going on on that big screen. And those ladies could come carting in there. Now, if they have live services, fine. They said there was one youth group that came from a church right up here on the bypass and they didn't sing, they didn't testify, they didn't do nothing. And, uh, and, and she just looked at me and said, you know, they were just useless. <laughs> I said, what? I said, yeah, I said, what? She said, that is useless. I said, they didn't sing, they didn't praise God, they didn't preach, they didn't, they didn't uh, share nothing, they just walked around and shook our hands. And I thought, man, they need preaching. Amen. These dear ladies, dear men in nursing homes need preaching. They need youth groups to come and sing the same songs they sing on Sunday night. Amen. They need a choir to show up once in a while. And I'm sure there is good churches that do that. But I want to tell you something, friend. You need to seize the opportunity. You're not going to always be here. Wednesday night, Brother Butch was sitting right there. And I pray that in a few Wednesday nights, he'll be sitting right there again. Amen. And it took us 10 years to reach that man for the Lord, his dear wife, faithful. He got saved on a Thursday night in a dark den. Thank God he got saved. He really got saved. But folks, you need to seize the opportunity of your life. Amen. You come here, you shouldn't just sit here and look like you're dreading it, like a stump on a log. I mean, just, I can't tell if you're awake or not. I can't tell if your eyes are open or not. I can't tell if you're interested or not. I can't tell. And I try not to look at you. But I'll tell you, some of you ought to get with it on your worship. I mean, you ought to give an offering. Gladly, willingly give an offering. I'm not shy about it. I've been here too long to get shy about giving. When I first started the church, oh man, I, I get choked on the word tithe. I'm afraid I'd run everybody off. Well, if you get run off by tithe, you ain't right with God. Right. And you, you need to get your heart right with God because I want to tell you something, folks. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. But that's not the only way to worship. Some of you sing your hymns like it's a death mark. Some of you don't even sing. Some of you don't even open your book. Some of you don't even look on the wall. You don't even sing off the wall. You just sit there. I wish this thing was over with. My wife made me go. She's not going to feed me for three weeks if I'm not here. And so here I am. Dear God, thank you. I'm going to worship you. No. You ought to get that song book or that wall. You ought to sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You don't have to do it that loud. You don't have to do that monster. But you ought to at least sing. Come on now. I know I'm stepping on toes. Some of y'all uh, hadn't moved in 10 years. I think you ought to come to the altar once in a while. I really do. I believe when you bend a knee to the King of Kings and you're really doing it, you don't care how many times you bend or who sees you because you're coming to God and you're humbling yourself. It's pretty humbling to take your hair down and, and give all your money to the Lord. In one anointing. And so what he said, leave her alone. 
She's done what she could and she did it while she could. And most important of all, she did it for me. And that's what really counts. Oh, I'm just afraid somebody will think I'm just just, uh, showing off. No, they'll realize when you sing you're not showing off. But what you need to do is show him off. By your humility. By your faithfulness. By your belief. May I just say, by your gratefulness. I ain't never got over being saved. And I don't want to get over being saved. I know I'd be a drunk today. I know I would. It's It's just in my character just to go crazy. And God rescued me from following my daddy's footsteps. And I never thought he'd use me to reach my daddy. That's another thing I, I get all stirred up about. You say, I know I've heard that. One guy walked out of this church and come back and says, I'm going to tell you why I'm leaving this church, Brother Wayne. You talk about your daddy getting saved too much. And it broke my heart. I went home and wept. I asked my wife, I said, do I talk about it too much? She said, yes, you do, but it's great. Amen. <laughs> and I needed that. Don't ever get over being saved. Don't ever get over your loved ones being saved. And don't ever get over your family. Where was you 10 years ago? Some of you that's just been to church recently. Aren't you glad you wanted to come to church this morning? Aren't you glad you're part of the lovingest church in the world? Amen. Amen. I mean, they, they people love people around here. There'll be a reward one day. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, to those that love his appearing. Amen. I preached on the second coming for the last three Sundays. If that don't thrill your soul, stir your soul, and devote your soul, nothing will. Because he is coming. Not football season coming. Not Georgia Bulldogs coming. Not a raise coming. Not some kind of a stock market uh, uh, a blessing coming, not a new election coming. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. What we ought to do, take our hair down, break open the spikener, the very expensive life savings, so to speak, and extravagantly love Jesus. And then I want to tell you what will happen. Verse Nine. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever the this gospel shall be wheresoever the gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of her for a memorial. That was two thousand years ago, folks. I just fulfilled his prediction. There's going to be a preacher get up in two thousand nineteen. Is that it? I have to ask my wife the date now. 2019. And I said, hey, remember her extravagant love. Amen. Praise God. Remember her worship. Jesus said she'd never be forgotten. Amen. Folks, what you do for Christ will last forever. Amen. And ever. And ever. And every time you worship God in spirit and truth, it'll last forever. And ever. You can go to the World Series and your team can win. 
And you can go away from there sweating from the exhaustion of shouting it out. And that's, that's not even a good word. Being a great fan. And it won't last till next season. Don't you believe that? Right. If you do something for God, and you worship God with extravagant love, my Jesus said, it'll go down in the annals of time as a lasting memorial. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the privilege of a lifetime and that's to worship you one more time with health and strength to raise my voice. You don't have to raise your voice to worship. But God, with energy, one day I'm not going to have it. One day will be my last sermon. One day it will be my last time to preach behind this pulpit. I'm conscious of that more than I've ever been. But God, until then, until then, may this place be filled with the fragrance of worship. Christ honoring music like we heard this morning. An offering of gracious people with not much, but what they got, they know it's from the Lord. Preaching as an act of worship. Even all the activities and announcements ought to be an act of worship. God help us. God help us when the youth have a good time after the service tonight to be an act of worship. We'd be happy and joyful even if our team loses the little volleyball game because we've got enough strength to be in church and that we love the opposite team and our own team. and We love all the youth and we just love being in church, making an act of worship. God, whether we, whether we live or, or die, may it be an act of worship. And God, for those that's not saved this morning, they can't worship they can't be grateful because they've never received you as eternal gift of salvation. And so, Lord, I pray the day would be the day that they get saved, the day they get forgiven, the day they start over and receive your power to live of life, of dying to self, giving to others, and glorifying your precious name.